He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the uh, Wednesday. It is the midweek version of the Best Stocks Now show with the professional money manager, Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management, a nationwide fee-based firm. And let's just say we've got a little stability to the market today after yesterday's Big, big uh, sell-off, but, uh, you know, uh, we kind of have flatlined here since the open. The Dow is up. The Dow's up 39 points right now. It's at 33,168. Of course, it was down about 700 points yesterday. We'll talk about that, of course, today. The NASDAQ's up nine points. It's at 11,501. Uh, the S&P 500 is up a point. Three nine nine eight, right around four thousand. That's probably a pretty good uh, support level. Crude oil's down fifty seven cents to seventy five seventy nine. And uh, what we're going to watch here going forward here is the ten year. It hit three point nine six percent yesterday. Three point nine six percent yesterday, and today it is backing off. It's down five basis points at 3.91 so hopefully we've seen the top there in that uh, 60 basis point rise uh, in interest rates since february the second so welcome to today's the best stocks now show with the professional money manager bill gunnerson and i'm here with barry kite our chartered financial analyst yeah wednesday already right it's a uh... <laughs> <laughs> shortened week uh, all day i was thinking it was monday yesterday so we're already uh, already to wednesday and we get the of course get the fed minutes uh, out at 2 p.m. that'll be some some sure some re- very light reading yes uh, i see uh, i'm sure you've got your uh, clock set your alarm set for uh, for a 20 for 2 2 p.m. today eastern standard time to read those fed minutes well yesterday we can't can't really begin today without uh, talking about what happened yesterday. It just seems like a lot of forces came together uh, all at the same time. <coughs> uh, fear of what the Fed might say in those minutes today. Uh, interest rates spiking. In fact, they actually broke out yesterday. In my newsletter on Friday, I said, you know, the uh, top, the resistance level in interest rates on the 10-year is 3.89%. And yesterday we broke through that to 3.96%. Yeah, almost touched four again, which we haven't in a while. No, I mean, you got to go back to November, <coughs> October, November of last year. And that has really scared the market with that uh, sudden rise here in interest rates. Well, you had James, you know, and you had James Bullard, uh, you know, this uh, this morning, the St. Louis Fed, uh, actually, you know, mentioning kind of, you know, where he, you know, we're going to get the dot plot here, I believe, at the next Fed meeting, and he, you know, he kind of projects, uh, I guess, his own version of the dot plot, right? Each one of these uh, Fed folks is is a dot on the chart, and he's at, you know, right around, I think he's at five point three seven five, which. 
basically 5.4, five, you know, in that five and a quarter, five and a half range that we've kind of, uh, you know, and really the market has been predicting. So um, that piece of it, I think, uh, from a market standpoint, uh, uh, this morning is also kind of, uh, you know, basically it's giving some insight into you know, the, the market's kind of already priced in that 5.4-ish range, and that's kind of right where uh, uh, Bullard uh, mentioned this morning. I saw that. He, he said 5.37. So Yeah, 5.375. I guess sometimes, you know, the more precise your uh, yes. your guess, you know, the, the smarter you sound. But, yeah, he went he went out three decimal places on yes, that one. Yes, I, I was very impressed uh, by that. Uh, and uh, anyways, yesterday the Dow was down 697 points. It was just a bloodbath. It was across the board. Uh, Home Depot's earnings didn't help. Uh, we have had a pretty good start to the year. I said, uh, you know, that we've gotten overblown, overbought a little bit. And now all of a sudden we're sitting on the oversold side. And let's not forget, there's a lot of rhetoric going back and forth uh, between uh, China and uh, Russia. And, of course, uh, Biden in Ukraine promising to fight to the end, whatever that means. And uh, all of that just kind of ganged up uh, on the market uh, yesterday. Okay, so we had uh, we had a, a, so, some big sell-offs in the market yesterday. We had, uh, I would say, the biggest sell-off was uh, Home Depot, uh, which uh, came in with uh, disappointing results. I think the takeaway that I had from uh, Home Depot is that they're looking for their earnings and sales to be flat in 2023 with 2022. You never want to hear that, okay? And their no guidance, book. yeah, their guidance was it's interesting, which, you know, a lot of these companies and, and certainly, say, like a company like Peloton, you know, much more noticed it, you know, much more significantly. But, you know, kind of referencing it, just essentially a lot of their sales getting, you know, a good bit of that getting pulled forward, right, in the uh, in the COVID, you know, kind of, uh, you know, in COVID time frame and coming out of it where folks were doing a lot of, you know, do-it-yourself, a lot of home projects, things of that nature, and, you know, if you've got three bathrooms in your house, you can only remodel three bathrooms, right? Yeah. So, um, yep. It was a pretty interesting takeaway to see how it plays through to other industries. Yeah. And uh, on the other hand, you know, Walmart had pretty good earnings uh, yesterday. So uh, uh, it was uh, kind of the star of the Dow yesterday. Yeah. That was the one I think we mentioned. They had a record uh, December in terms of monthly revenues. That uh, was like the most sales they've ever had for a December, which is pretty remarkable for a company uh, that's that large. Yeah, and been around <laughs> as long as they have. Now, yeah. today there will be some more earnings reports. I see a few important ones that I'll be watching. NVIDIA is going to report after the close today. Lucid, which is uh, a wannabe competitor to Tesla. Uh, Lucid has a lot of interest and a lot of uh, Saudi Arabia money uh, that has invested in it. Uh, Teladoc will report after earnings. It was one of the stars of 2020, but has been uh, a terrible stock to own ever since. Uh, Unity Software will report. And Etsy, which was also a big star of 2020. And then there's an oil stock, uh, Apache, APA. Uh, that will report Cheesecake Factory, and uh, yeah, that's about it tonight. But it will be there is the big one is Nvidia, 
And, of course, yesterday the semiconductor stocks sold off quite a bit. Okay, so let's look at inflation around the world. We're watching for disinflation. That's what we want, deflation. Inflation in Germany came in at 8.7% in January, which was in line with expectations. You know, the other way you can look at inflation, Barry, is if you – you can look over the last 12 months, okay, that still includes a lot of those meteoric months early on, 12 months ago. If you're looking at a three-month average, it's dropped considerably. Inflation. If you just took the last three months in Germany, it's more like 3 or 4%. Uh, but when you include those months from, you know, 12 months ago, 11 months ago, 10 months ago, you get that number. So there's more disinflation than uh, you would think by just looking at that year-over-year number. And I saw some numbers on how much gas they've saved, uh, you know, in the in, in, in the Eurozone. Uh, you know, I think their goal was all of them wanted to, you know, reduce their usage by around 15% or so. And I saw a, uh, a stat where essentially, I believe, uh, as a whole, they, you know, kind of reduced their uh, gas usage, I think it was almost 25%. So as, you know, we've been talking about uh, natural gas prices being, um, you know, pretty low because uh, it also means they don't have to, you know, they still have reserves to refill, right, for, for the next winter. So, uh, and they don't have to fill as much. So that's, uh, it's been a, you know, the energy side of it has actually uh, came down a good bit, uh, you know, on the in the Eurozone, uh, much more, I think, than anticipated. And they were totally blessed with a warm winter, which helped out a lot because uh, that really decreases your use of natural gas. And the natural gas stocks have just been clobbered. I mean, uh, you know, uh, we don't own any natural gas stocks at the current time, but they were also the darlings of last year. It yeah, was particularly all about, like LNG, <clears throat> Chenier. Uh, and if you oh, look my at- gosh, yeah. And the companies that uh, uh, transported the natural gas, the companies that ran the pipelines, uh, like you say, LNG, uh, some of the, uh, you know, Devon Energy, etc. But this year they've been some of the worst performers. So, you know, that's why you can't just rely on passive money management unless I guess you're taking a big swath of the energy industry and just holding on to 10% through thick or thin. But you know what? I mean, times have really changed. They change intra-month, intra-year, etc., Got to be a little more active. All right, this is Bill Gunderson and Barry Kite. We'll be right back. Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson. Well, we got uh, James Ballard, as you mentioned, at 5.375 is what he says. He says we need to get our policy interest rate north of 5%. And he now projects that the federal funds rate will reach 5.375. Yeah, I can't tell if he was playing uh, playing the prices right or, uh, or Fed governor. 
Well, in November, he said 5.25, so he's gone up by uh, 12.5 basis points. He says the U.S. economy is stronger than we thought. Well, Home Depot certainly didn't, uh, you know, was not evidence of that, but other companies have been. And he says while big tech companies have been announcing layoffs, that has no bearing on the overall strength of the company, of the economy, he told CNBC in an interview. And, of course, he's the guy that uh, was for a 50 basis point hike at the last meeting. Okay, here's Wells Fargo weighing in. You know, Wells Fargo has not been right very often. That's all I'm going to say. So we have to take their forecast with a grain of salt. Uh, We do not, here's what Wells Fargo says, we do not believe equities have broken out into a sustainable rally. Well, you know, I guess what you could say from that, I don't believe that they've broken out. I just believe that there's a lot of indicators. You had a bottoming in the NASDAQ earlier this year. Uh, You had a uh, golden cross in the Dow uh, maybe uh, two, three months ago. You had a golden cross in the S&P 500 about four weeks ago. And now you've got the NASDAQ moving to a golden cross. And in addition to that, I mean, the earnings picture for this year looks decent. Okay, not great. It looks decent. It looks a little bit better next year. So uh, I'm not saying it's broken out, but I do think we are in an area where there's, you know, the risk-to-reward ratio favors the investor. Uh, They think that despite the little rebound we've had here in stocks, markets are likely to experience bouts of volatility. I agree with that. In the coming months as they grapple with uncertainties over economic growth, geopolitics, uh, that's a big one. Okay, now that, there's a big unknown factor there is a, the geopolitics side of things. Which is one of the hardest to uh, hardest to hedge against because it's, it's something that affects, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at, I mean, it's going to affect the world, you know, potentially affect the world economy at, at a minimum. And we always have geopolitical <laughs> risk out there in the world somewhere. Now, I did send out a chart here is uh, the uh, the one that bothered me yesterday. I, I sent out a, a, a text that quite a few people picked up on, and I showed a chart of a stock. Uh, let's see, what was the symbol on that stock? It's uh, MIR. MIR was the breakout stock of the day yesterday. And, of course, the Dow was down almost 700 points. And when you read a description of what MIR does uh, it's just a little bit creepy they provide radiation detection through applications in medical nuclear defense markets and laboratories so that's a little little uneasy a little bit uh, disturbing there to see a stock like that uh, breaking out a, 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 a company that provides radiation detection and of course there has been talk here recently mostly from Putin uh, on that uh, nuclear issue, and there's the one. I remember that you pointed out the company a handful. Of, I think early on in the in the Russian Ukrainian war was the uh, was the the I. I think it was a company that makes you know iodine or uh, was it yeah. iodine pills? I oh, yeah. what their name was, but that was they they got a similar pop uh, early on during that. Well, you know, when I was doing my research back uh, when uh, COVID first hit. 
I had seen some very unusual movement, like uh, in October, before COVID hit. COVID hit America in about February of 2020. And uh, in October of 2019, I saw all these surgical glove stocks, you know, like protective gloves. There's a company down in Indonesia. Uh, the symbol is, it, it has something to do with glove, G-L-O-V or something. And I also saw a company that makes, you know, these suits to protect yourself from virus. I saw a big spike in those two stocks in October of 2019. Yeah, and of course, now you can just come up with COVID-19. Yeah, I wasn't going to, I couldn't put two and two together (laughs) until after the fact. But did somebody know, you know, something, uh, you know, did they know they were going to unleash it on the world? Did they know that it had escaped the lab? I don't know. But there was undeniable buying in those uh, two very important uh, stocks <coughs> that were somewhat of a clue. Okay, backlash at Amazon after employees ordered back to the office. Well, sounding off against CEO Andy Jassy's recent return to the office mandate. Didn't uh, Elon Musk do the same thing with uh, Twitter? Yeah, I think he, yeah, he, yeah, he certainly ruffled some feathers. Of course, they were letting people go at the same time. But yeah, from an Amazon's perspective, right? I think what it's, uh, I think they've got to be in the office, I think three out of five days a week. Uh, and, you know, for, for, you know, for part of their, you know, part of their crew, of course, the warehouse folks are there every day. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, office staff, but, uh, you know, it's certainly, it's a tough pushback whenever you've got, you know, uh, you know, you create habits and uh, yes. you know, worker habits, right? And then, of course, going back, uh, you know, they're working on. We've been reading a lot about the four-day work week in uh, in in the UK that they've been uh, trying out. So, yep. So, uh, anyways, that's uh, what's taking place on Amazon, and I bring that up because I, you know, I watch Amazon stock. It is a bellwether. Uh, I watch it every day, and uh, yeah, you know, it's solidified. But are they looking for fantastic growth in sales and earnings? You know, I look at their last four quarters of sales growth, 7%, 7%, 15%, 9%. And you have to ask yourself, does a stock like that, you know, deserve this glamour P.E. ratio that it continues to have at 50? Do oil, olive oil and coffee mix? I don't know. I'm not a coffee drinker. But that's going to be the new thing at Starbucks, Oleato, Oleato, olive oil and coffee. Now, this is what uh, Howard Schultz, he's in his last months, I think, as the CEO for the third time. He calls it alchemy. Uh, he said that the new drink line called Oleato will feature olive oil infused lattes. And iced expresses. Now, see, this people, all these folks that are working at home, they're enjoying this kind of stuff. They don't, you know, they can bring it home and get in their pajamas and their slippers and go to work. Uh, he says it will make these beverages richer and more luxurious. Oleato would be the goodbye toast of sorts for Schultz, who also ran for president. Uh, what uh, at the last Democratic? Uh, Ah, before when Biden came in the first time, this is his third round. He'll be out in April. So, anyways, go have an oleato uh, on your way back to work at Amazon. We'll be right back. 
This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. Welcome back here to the uh, second uh, half of today's The Best Stocks Now show. Well, I said uh, on Friday that the chart of the week was uh, interest rates. It's the it's the interest rates on the 10-year, which zoomed clear up to 3.96% yesterday. And to put that in perspective, interest rates were at, were at 3.33% in, on February the 2nd. Just 20 days ago, three weeks ago, the 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 yield on the 10-year was 3.33. Uh, and yesterday we hit 3.96. Now, we're backing off a little bit here today. We're down four basis points. We're at 3.92. And I would hope that we've kind of reached a peak uh, in that interest rate area. And it's all been driven by fear of the Fed needing to go to 6% uh, with their rates, with the Fed needing to go beyond what they've stated before, five and a quarter. Now you've got, uh, you've got uh, Ballard saying five and three-eighths. Uh, the other chart to watch is the bond market. And I use as a proxy for the bond market AGG. It's an ETF. It's the iShares Core U.S. Aggregate Bond Index. So it's a pretty good indicator. It's a pretty good proxy for the U.S. bond market. And if you look at the chart on AGG, it came right down to its support level yesterday. Okay, the same level it hit uh, late last year. Uh, before the bond market went into rally mode. And today it's bouncing off of that support level. Now, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that it will continue to bounce, but it looks like pretty solid support underneath the bond market. And if the bond market starts going up here, that means interest rates will start coming down, and that would push uh, you know, the stock market up. So we'll see. We seem to be kind of at a little inflection point here. I personally think that the bond market is is bottoming out here from this recent sell-off, and I think that uh, that means the Nasdaq and the S&P are also bottoming out after this recent sell-off. Okay, as the war drums continue to beat, there's been a lot of talk of will we now send fighter jets to Ukraine. I mean, where will it stop? Okay, there was a time when we were not going to send uh, lethal weapons. We were not going to, uh, uh, what did we just send here recently that we, we said we weren't going to send? And, oh, the Abram, Abram tanks. The tanks, the, the, okay. The thing, yeah. So, I mean, what's the difference between really tanks? If you're going to send tanks on the ground, 
Uh, are you going to send, uh, you know, fighter jets? Well, I'm just watching the chart of Lockheed Martin on a daily basis. Um, since that announcement of the tanks back in mid-January, Lockheed's made a pretty sizable move. It's gone from 440 to 480s, about a 10% move, uh, thinking that, you know, never say never. Oh, we'll never send uh, air support. We'll never send aircraft. Well, you know what? You don't just drop off a bunch of aircraft. You don't just deliver them. you got to have people that know how to fly them. We have to service them. That was the problem with the Abram to begin with. Is yeah. The, uh, you know, that's a special fuel. There's a lot of different uh, pieces in terms of, you know, maintaining the equipment, right? Uh, you know, in short of also training people on the equipment um, and just the amount, you know, the equipment itself. I mean, if it's, you know, they can only build so many per year. I mean, just look at, you know, some of the backlogs in the uh, in the airline industry. Uh, so it's, uh, it's uh, you know, certainly, you know, it seems like a natural progression at some point. Um, but It seems to me, you know, hey, look, I grew up, I'm a child of the 60s in a way, you know, the, the latter end of it. Uh, and uh, the Vietnam War was very similar to what's going on here. Uh, in uh, in Ukraine, uh, there's a lot of similarities, and it's just it, it, it's ironic to me to see the people that were against the Vietnam War back in the '60s are for the Ukraine War uh, here. What 50 years later, uh, and uh, the people that were for the Vietnam War back in the in the late '60s seem to be against uh, spending all that money in Ukraine. Uh, this time around so it's just you know the dynamics are very very strange alcoa raised to a buy at citigroup as the next leg of china reopening trade well you know that would be good that yesterday actually i did there was (laughs) another company i can't remember which one it was i Uh, think it's rio tinto i think it was rio yesterday yes and uh you know they're going to supply aluminum uh, I think it was Mercedes. It was BMW. They're going to supply BMW with aluminum, and uh, this green ESG favorable aluminum. They're going to send green right aluminum, That's green, green aluminum to BMW in Spartanburg, South Carolina, where uh, a lot of the BMWs are made, and then they're sent to Germany and to Europe. So, anyways, I'm watching Alcoa. Uh, you know, it's a hard stock. The, the hardcore commodities, I mean, Alcoa pretty much is almost 100% dependent on the cost of aluminum. But the cost of aluminum has been going back up. Uh, I've noticed the Chinese automakers like Li uh, and Neo and Boyd, they seem to be starting to catch hold uh, and starting to move up once again. Uh, and Alcoa does have a pretty good chart. Uh, it's hard to get a handle. I have about 70% upside potential for Alcoa, but there's so many variables that could change that. Yeah, the underlying, the underlying, you know, any any of those businesses where you have uh, commodity as the you know under, underlying commodity price as a, a big driver of uh, you know of the, of the value of the the, the stock. Well, it's going to certainly has the, the chance to be very volatile. Yeah, I think the key takeaway here from Citigroup is they see aluminum as the next leg of China's reopening trade following iron ore. I know iron ore hit a really uh, a recent high yesterday. We own some steel stocks. They're doing well. And copper. 
uh, and they say aluminum is the next one to move. So we'll keep an eye on that. MP Materials signed an agreement with uh, Sumitomo of Japan. Now, MP Materials is Mountain Pass. And Mountain Pass is the pass along uh, Interstate 15 uh, that goes to Las Vegas. And that's where that big pit is. It's a big, giant pit. Operates rare earth mining and a processing site. Uh, of scale and one of the biggest in the western hemisphere uh, and also lithium so uh, mp yeah. materials i i watch that every day i keep my eye on that one mp it's a good yeah it's, it's uh, i was actually uh i'm gonna send you a text on that story later on uh, today i re- read something about it this morning in terms yeah. of the, the rare earth uh, rare earth minerals it's, and i think tesla was you know there, there was one stock that popped yesterday um because tesla you know essentially has uh you know may purchase it like sigma sigma lithium sgl i think that they might purchase that i still say that the blue chip for me of the lithium stocks is alb in north carolina and uh it it's volatile but if you think the future is lithium and ev it seems to be the future whether you want it to be the future or not Man, it's going to take a lot of lithium uh, to fill those batteries. Okay, Baidu surges on earnings beat. Now, the reason I bring up Baidu is it's a direct competitor uh, to Google. And Baidu is going to go big into the uh, AI. They already have a platform that they're ready to roll out. Baidu is kind of the Google of China. But I think you know where I stand on the Chinese stocks. I don't trust the Chinese stocks. And uh, Baidu, uh, you know, I, I bid a due to Baidu quite some time ago. <laughs> but what can I say? All right, Baidu surges. They reported earnings. Now it's down, actually, 3.6%. The, the, the stock of the day for me, <clears throat> let's see if it's still up there. It reported earnings uh, this morning. Yeah, okay, this was one I was looking in the latter part of the day yesterday for stocks that were being bought after the big sell-off, okay? And one of the ones I noticed was Palo Alto Networks, which is one of the leading stocks in cybersecurity. And uh, (coughs) there weren't a lot of stocks that were being bought yesterday. Maybe I noticed about five or six tech stocks that stood Mm -hmm. out. And Palo Alto Networks was one of them. <clears throat> well, somebody must have known something because they came in with just a smashing, just a smashing earnings report today. And that stock is up 10.6% right now, 10.6%. There's another one that I want to talk about when we come back. And then what's moving in the market today? We'll be right back. Welcome back here to the uh, final segment of today's uh, Best Stocks Now show. 
Well, there's just a couple other stocks I wanted to mention here, and then we'll get into what is moving in the markets uh, today. Uh, Toll Brothers, the ho- you know, it's surprising how how well the home builders have held up uh, in spite of rising interest rates. In fact, they're one of the leading sectors in the market this year. Uh, Toll is up 4% today after uh, a pretty good report. Uh, I have I have 55% upside potential for toll, so it doesn't meet my 80% or more criteria. Uh, that comes from uh, the Best Stocks Now app. Uh, Coinbase also reported earnings today, and it is flat. That's one of Kathy Wood's favorite stocks. And, of course, uh, it very much depends upon... Uh, the strength of the price of Bitcoin and other uh, digital coins. And the other one is Fiverr. Fiverr is uh, one that did very well in 2020. It's an Israel-based company that enables people to buy and sell digital services similar to an e-commerce platform. In other words, if you have a project you need done, like work on your app or work on a spreadsheet or whatever it is, uh, you can hire somebody off of Fiverr uh, to do that work. F V R R. It's like, it's like Etsy. So if like you you know you need somebody to to stitch you a sweater, well these people will stitch you an app or exactly you know, or something. But it's uh, it's interesting because I've been I've been seeing I've seen recently a couple commercials for them. Like, yes. I've never I've never noticed any marketing really from them uh, until recently. And of course, like you said, today stocks up uh, over seventeen percent. Yes, it's it one is. we've owned. One we've owned in the past. We did now. well in 2020. It went yeah. to 336. <laughs> yeah, it's at 44 bucks right yeah, now. Yeah, so from it's got a ways to go. So that just shows you, you know, the the veracity of the excitement in the market in 2020 when people were sitting at home in their pajamas, drinking olive oil infused coffee, and buying a Bitcoin and a Fiverr and. And Teladoc and all of these stocks. Well, it's the power of and it's the power of percentages and drawdown. I mean, for example, you've got you know a stock that was three hundred bucks, right? And and of course today it's up eighteen, you know, up eighteen percent. But you know if you, if you owned it at three hundred, well, you know you've got you've still got you know infinitely, uh, yeah. you know, further to go. It's a uh, I mean, uh, you look at a lot of these charts and what, you know, recovery that you have to have, and you see these big pops. And, I mean, even take, you know, ARK or, you know, ARK, um, Kathy, Kathy Wood's, uh, you know, uh, flagship fund. I mean, it's had a good year, but, you know, look at look how far it has to go oh to get my back gosh. to where it was. It's, uh, you know. Yeah, a long ways. And I do like Fiverr, but uh, it's not cheap. Okay, I'm just going to look at it real fast here, what the – what the app says about it right now. Yeah, well, before today, right before today's move, the forward PE was around 61. Yeah, so, that's the problem. Um, you know, I mean, it's not a big high-margin business. It's got and, a 7.7% short interest, which is probably, some of this is certainly a short, you know, part of this is certainly a short squeeze to, at the moment. Yeah. Okay, well, anyways, those are, okay, now what's what's working in the market? Well, I'm just seeing stabilization today. We're not seeing a roaring bounce back, but we had a hell of a sell-off yesterday. And the Dow sales force is up uh, a little bit there. Home Depot is up a little bit, a little bit of buying after yesterday's big sell-off. I'm sure the, the funds, uh, the mutual funds, the active managers, uh, they like to buy stocks after big sell-offs. 
Uh, Procter and Gamble up one percent, so not much working there on the Dow today. But <coughs> having said that, it's not down six hundred ninety-seven points either, like it was yesterday. Uh, at the S and P five hundred, uh, Alcoa is the leader. Believe it or not, at five point seven percent. Diamondback Energy. There's a little bit of strength in oil today. Uh, natural gas stocks, EQT, range resources, uh, ServiceNow is a leader there in the, in the S&P 500, the fertilizer stocks, which haven't done much recently, uh, but uh, they're uh, up a couple of percentage points here today. I, you know, the thing that worries me is a lot of that fertilizer comes from Russia and from Ukraine. Ukraine, right. Now, on the downside in the NASDAQ, Keysight, which is kind of related to the semiconductor industry. It's down 16% today after their earnings. And uh, News Corp is down 4%. That's basically Fox. That's, uh, uh, you know, Fox uh, Business, Fox uh, News Channel. Now, over at the NASDAQ, there's not much going on one way or another. Let's just say it's quiet on the NASDAQ today. Uh, after uh, it was uh, very noisy yesterday, very noisy and not in a good way. Uh, you've got Workday up a little bit. Amazon's one of the leaders today. Maybe uh, investors think that going, uh, sending the, the folks back to the office will help Amazon's uh, margins a little bit. Adobe's up a little bit. Uh, Intuit's up a little bit. So I'm just going to call it kind of uh, an even day, uh, kind of an equilibrium day, getting its sea legs back after yesterday's big sell-off. And I think you got to watch the bond market closely uh, today and the interest rates. Let's hope that 3.96 yesterday was the peak, the top. Uh, that goes clear back to November of last year. And, and, and of course... Another thing you've got, why you don't have much moving one way or another right now, I think there will be a lot of fireworks after the Fed minutes. At 2 p.m.? Yeah, you're going to, you know, interesting on the Fed minutes front, there's been a lot of data that's came out, you know, since, obviously, the Fed minutes. So it'll be interesting to see how much uh, weight the market, you know, ends up putting on the words there when, you know, in reality, uh, you know, it's it's it, there's been a, a good bit of data come out that's came came out since. So some of the some of those notes could be stale to a certain extent. Exactly. So, but there will definitely, I think there's this is the quiet before the storm, whatever the storm may be. Hopefully, it's a friendly little, a warm front coming in instead of a cold front that moves in after the announcement today. Okay, uh, get the newsletter coming to your inbox every Saturday. Even the, even the free version of the newsletter, after you've experienced the client version for a couple of weeks, is full of information uh, about the markets. You can get the newsletter coming to your inbox. It's invaluable at GundersonCapital.com. And if you'd like to set up an appointment with us to discuss your portfolios, uh, your 401k rollovers, your IRAs, whatever the case may be, you can reach us at 855-611-BEST. 855-611-BEST. Have a great day, everybody.
This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Ameritrade. Ameritrade is a member of SIPC and FINRA.